welcome to Centered Sunday with your host, Sharice Shy Holmes, the business doula. All right, so we're following this up with a continuation of Coach Month. <laughs> like, just want to help out coaches this month in particular. Um, but today I want to talk about how to five tips um, to help you have a successful coaching business. So some of the things I'm going to say here today are applicable to coaches, but they're applicable to business in general. So you can still listen to this and enjoy this if even if you're not a coach or you're thinking about becoming a coach in the future. So as someone who wants to start their own coaching business, you've probably already noticed there's really no shortage of you know, tips or strategies or ideas on, you know, how to best go about starting your coaching business. There's endless resources on the web. And if you have a little time to do some research and discern, y'all, please discern between what you should listen to and what you should ignore, there should be some information to help you get started. But I do know that the process can feel overwhelming. I also know some people just prefer to listen to something rather than read it. And that includes video and audio. So I decided, hey, why don't I just put this into a podcast for you all today? So I've compiled a list with these five essential steps um, to help you start off successfully in your coaching business. So the first thing you wanna do is make sure that you establish your niche. So listen, When I first started off as a life coach, I was super general, like very vague. Uh, Let me help you with your goals. Let me help you with your purpose. Um, I wasn't, I didn't have my message to market down and I wasn't very clear on who I wanted to serve and how I wanted to help them. So when you're marketing and you're very general, it can be a real struggle to attract clients because they don't understand what kind of results you can get them. So this, you start off selling an intangible product with a future outcome. But this also means that you have to highlight the visible aspects of your client's current situation. So in this case, it would be the problem that you know requires fixing in their life, which, which a lot of people in the industry refer to as like top of the mind problem. So you want to speak to the issue that hunts them at this particular point. What's going to motivate them to invest in a solution? So in general, though, when we're talking about having a specific niche and going beyond just a life coach, you can dig deeper in multiple areas, which is what I decided to do as I niched down and became a business coach. So you can be a career coach, obviously business coach, a health coach. Um, a relationship coach, a self-care coach, um, a house hunting coach, uh, a home buying coach, I guess that's the proper word. There's coaches for all kinds of things. Um, But specifically, those types of coaches are telling you that they can help you solve a specific problem in your business, in your health, in your relationships, in your career, or something of that sort, right? So the goal to do that is to gain clients and have them be on your email list or subscriber list or followers because you specialize in solving a specific problem for them. Now, one of the things that comes up, one of the things that comes up when I start off with new coaches and we're creating their signature coaching program 
is that they feel really confined. Now, let me, you know what? Let me just also say this is coaches, consultants, um, image consultants, social media strategists, all kinds of, you know, labels that we can put on here. Okay. Trainers, everything. They don't want to feel confined, right? So they're like, no, but everybody needs my coaching. Everybody needs me to help them. Um, My consulting, my strategies, like everyone can use them. So they feel like by defining it and getting, um, going deeper in the prospect of who they can help, that they're somehow missing out or they're going to miss out on being able to help other people or make money. But the fact of the matter is that is not true. Think of it like this. You want to niche down and get really clear and be speaking the exact language, the exact pain point of the person that you want to help so that they have the feeling of when you are sharing your content, sending emails, creating podcasts, creating stories or reels or TikToks or whatever, they're like, oh my God, she knows me, all right? But we can't do that if you're like, I would never feel that way if the person that I was following was being very vague in general. It would just be like someone else in the sea of noise that I hear who occasionally has good stuff that I like, but I would never look at them as an expert in the field. So when you learn to speak the language of your niche, you're now positioning yourself to as an expert in someone they would seek out and go to for help. You can always expand your services and your client base later, but in order for them to start trusting you, um, they need to feel like right now you can help me in this moment, okay? What you want to do is just get very specific in your marketing and focus on establishing yourself as the go-to coach for those with a specific set of problems, okay? Establishing your niche is I would say the first step towards, yeah, for sure, the creating a successful coaching business. What I'm gonna share with you next and the other tips can just come in line after that. But if you skip over the niche part, hear me clear and hear me well, it will be a struggle for you to see serious profit and impact in your business. Okay, the se- the second one is a little easier to do. Um, but it can, it, sometimes it can be hard for some, uh, it was hard for me. <laughs> let me, let me, let me not generalize it and be clear. It was hard for me. So step two, make sure you claim your coaching business name. So I know sometimes deciding on a name can get overwhelming. You could like search Google search your name and then find out, you know, all the good, uh, names that you want to use for your coaching business are already taken, but you know, it's got to be something, well, it could be two things, actually. I'll break this down right now. So there's two ways you could go about it. One way is to have a business name that signifies the benefit or the service they're going to receive from your brand. And that could be your name. So in the, in the, um, aspect of the business doula, right? Like I'm not using my name. I don't, I don't use like Sheree Shy Holmes coaching. I could do that. You could do that, right? In, in the terms of like finding a ShereeShyHolmes.com um, domain, that's going to be pretty, pretty unique. I don't think anybody else is going to have that. So 
it'd be easy for me to get that .com. And a lot of us, we know we want that .com because .net, .biz, .info, it just, it looks like a, like a, uh, orphan child, right? <laughs> we want that .com to make us look official and professional. So I understand why some people would choose to use their name, but it does not speak to the benefit or the service, the unique service aspects of your business by using your name. Again, there's nothing wrong with it, but it also depends on your ultimate goal in your coaching business. Do you want to have a coaching firm? So I want people to be able to come to the business doula and not be built on me where I have a coaching firm in general that people can come to and receive support in birthing their business, right? So the name, The Business Doula, gives a unique aspect of how they're gonna receive help from me, right? I'm gonna help you birth your passion, your vision, your business, and we're gonna take it from I think I want to do this to like, oh my God, this thing is launched and I'm actually making money right now, okay? That's what you think of when you hear the business doula, right? But if you say, if I say Cherie Shy Holmes coaching, you're not really sure what you're going to get on that. But a good thing about that is that when you use your name, you compare strong visual association with your services, like your beautiful smiling face. And you can as clearly establish your personal brand in connection to your coaching business because in that case, people are, so to speak, buying into who you are as a person and believing that you can get them results, okay? The, the other reason I would say that using your own name is probably a good idea is because it keeps people um, aware of who you are front and center. And then it's easy, obviously would be a little bit easier for referrals as well because your name is just out there and they know you as such and will be sharing your referrals in that. So, and then if you ever needed to change your business name like I did when I went from the resilient me to the resilient CEO to the business doula, if you use your name and you rebrand or reimagine, you know, different services that you want to offer, you don't have to change your entire name like I did in order to accommodate that. So that's another plus for it. So honestly, it really depends on what your ultimate goal is um, as far as like the services that you want to offer in the future. Now, there is something that I want to share with you, which is uh, the business name generator um, that was created by Shopify. You could literally type in business name generator Shopify and it will help you find different business names if you just put in like one characteristic. So if you type in the word fun, you'll see like a whole bunch of different like fun coaching, fun consult, consult coaching or, or something like that pop up to help you figure out names, okay? Or you know, you could hit me up, hire a coach <laughs> and help me help you tap into the creative juices of your business name. All right. And let's move on now to step three. I don't think I, I clarify. Okay. So step one was, just, was establish your niche. Step two was determining your business coaching name. Now, step three is Identifying your preferred coaching delivery um, 
I'm sorry, your preferred coaching business structure. So in this instance, and I've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts, there are multiple ways that you can structure your business, right? You can start off as a sole proprietorship, which is pretty much you just starting to do business as yourself. Now there are tax benefits and liability benefits based on which one you specifically choose under sole proprietorship there you there's literally no protection for you right but if you go limited liability company obviously limited liability means that only your company would be liable for anything um if you were to be sued whereas sole proprietorship you could be personally liable in things like your house your car your 401k all that stuff could end up in court and you losing it all right And then we also have the corporation, we have partnership, and we have S-Corp. And S-Corp comes into play when you are a limited liability company and you choose to be taxed as an S-Corporation. So one of the differences between an LLC and an LLC that chooses to be taxed as an S-Corp is tax benefits of that. So first of all, you're definitely paying yourself a reasonable salary on a consistent basis as an S-Corp. You should should be able to run payroll, um, pay those payroll taxes, also keep up with the bookkeeping requirements of that as well. And then the the overall income of the business is no longer passed through on your tax return, just the salary that you've drawn off your business is on your personal tax return. So it changes your tax liability in regard to that. I think I'll do a whole separate podcast on a discussion of when should you go from LLC to LLC that chooses to file as an S-Corp because I get a lot of those questions. And it's an easy question, but also more detailed than some people think, all right? In any case, I would encourage you to dive in. I gave you like a super quick (laughs) definition of all of these. Um, But I would say dive into the legal protections and get familiar with the different tax obligations that are specific to the business structure that you want to start. Okay. Uh, The Small Business Administration has an excellent resource guide for learning about each of the specific types and what's common for the industry to take advantage of, okay? So also, I can help you out with that too as I am a business coach and do understand. So you could book a business breakthrough call with me and we can chat about this, your legal liability and taxation. All right, step four, choose how you're gonna deliver your coaching services, okay? Coaches, usually, because there there are some of us who are introverts and I would count myself as one of them, but coaches usually are relationship-oriented people. They like to be in front of people, okay? So sometimes, you know, um, there were coaches who prefer to meet in person. I know now with COVID that has probably been stripped away, but there are some who prefer to meet in person. So they have a physical office, um, and then you, then of course you don't have to pay for a specific office. You can do, um, a day office like sharedesk.com or davinci.com and provide, they provide like complete office setup. Um, they include all the necessary business amenities 
and prices can start between 10 to like 60 bucks per hour. Um, and then day rates are somewhere in between like $30 and $300. But it's basically on-demand workspace that you can book online. Um, and they'll just offer you like a variety of like unique office settings. So it could have like an individual workstation to full conference rooms and office suites. And it's a, it's a great way to get started with an office that you don't actually need to have every single day and pay, you know, a very high price to have that physical office. But you can use it when you need it. Um, and then, of course, there is, you know, the ability to do some subletting, maybe on craigslist.org. You can check out some opportunities on there as well. I'm a little scared of <laughs> Craigslist sometimes, but... You know, sometimes they come through and you find good stuff on there as well. Of course, there's the second option of coaching from home, being virtual, right? So you have your own home office set up. The only thing about that is if you got kids, dogs, laundry, the refrigerator, sirens. This happens to me, sirens from the um, fire department going by. That ha that'll be mixed into your call. But I would say one thing that you want to think about if you're doing a home office is just make sure that you're setting boundaries in place with those that you live with so you can avoid those distractions and temptations that, you know, threaten you from keeping your focus on your clients. Um, but that way, you still have the opportunity to save time of traveling back and forth to an office and pretty much be comfy, right? We, we've all seen the funny memes and videos of people who had on like zoom tops and other things were going on at the bottom so of course you have the opportunity to be a little more casual at home and the proximity is also a plus to being close to family or, or whatnot but you just want to make sure um, that you're in a place that will allow you to do your best work okay there are so many different opportunities that you can use uh, to help you navigate the Wi-Fi side of all of it. But nonetheless, it's going to be an amazing experience for you if you're able to set yourself up correctly as a coach. So diving, that, that's actually a good segue for me into number five, which is choosing the right equipment and online platform for your coaching business. And this was, is, is more important than people understand. I would say you need to make sure, if, especially if you're at home, you need to make sure that you have a ring light, right? No one likes shady, dark, grainy videos, okay? So make sure you have a proper ring light, that you have a microphone so that your clients can hear you very well. These are all things that you can get off of Amazon. And make sure that you have a solid internet connection. I had to invest three times the amount I was spending on my internet connection when I decided to become a coach because no one wants to have a coaching session and the entire time the video is choppy, it's slow, it's grainy, and it's not processing well. It makes for an unpleasant experience. So think about those those expenses. Um, I think my ring lights were like $80. I believe my microphone was somewhere around 40 bucks. Um what else did I buy? I think that was pretty much it as far as, and then, then my internet connection. I think it's been like, I was spending, y'all, it's been like $25 a month and I even gonna lie. Yeah, it's been like $25 a month on internet and I think I spend um, somewhere like $75 a month, which is still not bad considering how quick um, my internet is now. 
So, and then of course, if you're using, you know, a headset, you want to make sure that it's noise canceling headphones, which does help out when you have sirens going by. My clients end up not hearing it. And then of course, you know, if you decide to go the virtual route, if you are traveling and also want to coach, it's easy for you to maintain that level of work and still enjoy traveling at the same time. Of course, you have to worry about wireless signals and web connectivity. Sometimes it can be unreliable, but there are definitely some amazing platforms that can keep you connected. Skype is probably, I think, one of the most popular platforms for offering coaches coaching services, mainly because it's free <laughs> and easy to use and accessible anywhere on a ton of devices, smart smartphones, tablets, all of it. So I would say that would probably be like the first option because it is free and it's easy for everyone. Um, and then you might want to think about investing in some other popular services like Google Hangouts, which is free, I believe, up to 10 participants. And then after that, um, I think it's like $5 or something per month for more. Then there's also WebEx, which is about $25 to $50 per month. And then there's Fuse, which is like $15 to $70 per month. And then I actually prefer to use Zoom, though, which is free. I believe it's free for the first 40 minutes. Um, so you could use that if you were expecting your calls to be 30 minutes or so. Um, otherwise, it's like $15 a month. And you could use it for groups. You can use it for one-on-one. -on -one, and that's my preferred service because that way you could record phone calls. I can record coaching, group coaching sessions and, you know, download them and upload them uh, to the group member portal. So here's some other things that I think you need to think about when you are becoming a coach. Depending on your risk tolerance and the type of coaching plans you want to offer, you may want to look into liability insurance for life coaches. If you do have, if you are a certified life coach holding either an ICF or BCC credential, they actually do give you discounted rates on the type of policy um, you want to purchase with, they have like a lot of insurance companies. Um, so you can start per, like comparing premiums directly through ICF if you go to their website. And then one of the things that I didn't think about when I first started coaching is that client organization tools, oh my gosh, y'all, they come in clutch. Like once you get yourself streamlined and organized, it just cuts down all the work on your administrative duties. So having the right client organization tool um, will help you let clients like book themselves, um, manage your billing, your record keeping, your CRM, your appointment reminders, um, it saves all your client information. And there are a couple platforms that I think are really popular, um, which is like Coaching Cloud, Coaches Console. Um, I actually use HoneyBook. And there's another one that I was using before HoneyBook. I believe it's called Satori, S-A-T-O-R-I. Um, and there's, a, there's quite a few. So I would take some time to look through which life coaching platforms are you're interested in and what works for you, okay? And then of course you wanna think about taxes, write-offs, quarterly estimated taxes. 
um, your business expenses and keeping aware of, you know, what you're paying in that regard and saving those receipts and being prepared to start paying your half of the self-employment tax in addition to the taxes that you have to pay, okay? So all your legal services, accounting, taxation, um, save those things so that you have the money, have the receipts so that you have the receipts to um, put those on your tax returns and keep track of it and use those as business deductions. Also, having a business coach is definitely not a bad investment. It could definitely save you hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, and hours of wasted time, especially depending on like your marketing skills Um just being able to craft an offer for you that can help you go to go from message to market rather quickly instead of just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna get certified and think people are gonna, you know, hunt me down because I'm certified. It really doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. There's two things that I think people don't understand when it comes to coaching, right? You get certified and what, what the life coaching schools don't tell you is that you have to develop other aspects of your business. You could be the best coach, have breakthrough methods, but if you don't develop your business, like there, well, let me say it like this. You need to focus on business education and business development in addition to your certification. I'm gonna say that again. You need to focus on business education and business development in addition to your certification. Because if you are the best life coach, but you don't know how to, you don't know, so on the business development side, you don't know how to market, you don't know how to sell, you don't know how to create content that draws people in, no one's going to be able to use you because you're not visible, you're not out there, and no one knows how great you are. And your business education, just being able to sell up, set up the proper business structure, getting your trademark settled, having the proper accounting your uh, liability insurance. Those are all aspects that you need to have in place in order to run your business properly. You have to invest in all three. If you wanna get certification, go for it. If you don't and you decide you just wanna, I'm gonna get, get out there and start coaching, you could definitely do that. But either way, I don't care which one you decide to do. You still gotta invest in your business education and your business development. If you don't know how to market, your business will not grow. All right, so that is what I have for you all this beautiful Sunday evening. Um, I have just been enjoying all of the comments and messages and emails and DMs I've been getting back from everyone in regards to what I've been sharing. Thank you guys. I really, truly appreciate it. We're going to keep on going with this month, sharing more information on getting started in your coaching business. And then next month, we will dive into some other areas of business. If you haven't yet, I am hosting a single CEO's virtual valentine's day party coming up on february 13th and i would love to have you there it is free we're gonna have a good time loving on ourselves i may have a special guest for y'all i have a self-love journal that i'm going to be giving you all and then we're going to do some visualizations to call in the love we want to receive in our life and then we're also going to watch sylvie's love together in real time it's going to be fun all right so if you didn't get your ticket 
Go check out the description in this podcast and get your ticket off of Eventbrite and share with your friends, your other single CEO friends, so we can all come together and have a good time. Um, I know it's going to be good and I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation that is going to come of it. I think we sometimes we just need a space for us to just share how we feel when it comes to navigating the business arena and also relationships at the same time. So this is the space for you. All right, we're gonna close out this podcast with our affirmations. I am wanted, I am loved, and I belong. All right, my beautiful sisters, I'll be back with you next week.